So let's be still before the Lord for just a moment. Let's be still before the Lord. Everyone, quiet yourself. Quiet yourself before the Lord in whose presence we now find ourselves as we gather together to honor Jesus. Be still. Heavenly Father, holy is your name. We come before the throne of grace. We come to heaven to pray and speak with you in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name, our great high priest, Lord and Savior and King. How we pray that tonight the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts. And we thank you for those who have come here tonight. There is no accident for any who are in this room tonight, whoever they are. It is by your purposes that we are here to hear your word and to worship and to glorify you and to seek to honor you the days of our life that we have. Grant that we might truly hear your word tonight and that we might apply it in our personal lives. How we desperately need your word so that we might live for you every day of life. We honor you, Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray for some who might be in this room tonight who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior and who need to be saved from their sin and their wickedness and their godless ways. And we pray that you might show them, reveal to them what you know about them. Show them who you are in the glory of your word and by the truth of your word. What a privilege it is for us to be here tonight. We pray for Brother Tim and all the teenagers and students that went on uh, the, the retreat. Uh, we pray for them as they're at camp. May it be a benefit and blessing to them for all the other activities that go on tonight across this campus and this place. We thank you for the chance we have to disciple and to train and to walk with you together and have fellowship with one another. Now we open the Word of God together in fellowship and we thank you for it. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your, there's a, there are outlines here at the front. And if there, there's some at the back, if you'd like to follow along with us, um, uh, what we'll be looking at tonight, Psalm 139 is where I'd like for you to turn in God's word tonight. The God who knows you. We're glad to have some of the students with us tonight back there. Hey, students, how you doing? Everybody good back there? All right, don't go to sleep back there, or I'll have to come stand back there and preach to you. You don't ever hear Brother Mike very much, so you better watch it. Just kidding, just kidding. Well, kind of kidding. There you go, thumbs up. I want you to find your place in Psalm 139. We'll read it together. Those of you joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We're glad to have you. We miss you. And pray that you can be with us when you can. And uh, if you're not able and, you're, and you live somewhere else and you join us, we're always glad to have those of you who don't live in the Dixon area. We know there are some of you who join us, and we're glad you're with us. A Psalm of David, Psalm 139. There is a God who knows you. There is a God who knows you. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. This is King David. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar off. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. 
and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that is the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be dark, will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed me in my, you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sands. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies." Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There is no greater blessing There is nothing that will bring greater security to your life and mine than to know that God knows you. You've got to hear me. Oh, the blessing of being known by God. Now, we have in these verses some interesting things. Yes, God knows all of us. God knows everything. God knows every person in the world. Everybody. He knows all about us all in this room, as we've just read. He knows everything about you. But he has a special knowledge. He knows his children in a unique way. That's why I gave you at the top of your outline, this is a psalm of David the king. It's also a psalm of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a psalm for believers who are in Christ. Now, I want to take just a moment, and I want you, if you have your Bibles, to look at some verses Because I want you to think about not knowing God, but being known by God. Look, the the fathers and mothers in this room tonight, you know your children better than any of us who may be familiar with them 
and friends with you and your family. You know your children. God knows his children in a different way than even those in the world. And the knowledge he has of them is a blessed truth for all of you tonight. Oh, the blessing to be known by God in Jesus Christ. To be saved and to be known by God in Christ. So, with your finger in 139, go over to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 8, 3. It's just a small verse. Paul's talking about, I want you to see these things. I want to tie some things together for you from the New Testament about the Word of God and what it says about being known by God. I can go home tonight and sleep well because I know as a saved man, I am known by God. God knows me. Bless God. And if you're saved here tonight, He knows you. He knew me before when I was lost. He knew me before I was ever created and born in my mother's womb. But He knows me in a unique and glorious way as a child of God. I am known by God. Paul here is reminding these believers in 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 8.3, if I didn't say the right place. He's reminding them here of the importance of living in freedom in Christ. He says, but if anyone, this is verse 3, if anyone loves God, he is known by God. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. God knows those who love him. Of course God knows who hates him, but God knows those who love him who in their heart there springs up a desire to pray and to praise and to worship God. God knows those. God knows those who love Him. I ask you tonight, do you love God? If you love God, God knows you in a very unique and wonderful way. I also call your attention to 1 Corinthians 13, 13 while we're here. The excellence of love. And then, for now... We see, verse 12, for now we see in the mirror dimly, don't we? We live in this world, we can't quite figure it all out. We look around and wonder what's going on in the world, we can't quite get it. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then when we're in the presence of God in heaven, then face to face, now I know in part, but then I will Know fully, please notice the last phrase, just as I also have been fully known. God already knows everything about you. He knows your birthday, your death day. He knows things that will happen in your life that you never have any idea of. He knows, he knows the gifting He's given you as a believer. He knows the abilities He's given you in your life. He knows you just like a father and a mother know their children. They know their behavior. They know their uniquenesses. They know the way they're, as I grew up, turned. They're turned a certain way. They have certain personality traits. They do things a certain way. God knows you. Rejoice in this tonight as a believer. You are known fully by God. That means you don't have to worry about anything. If God knows you fully... You're in the hands of a God who knows you and loves you 
and provides for you and ministers to you as only he can. Now in Galatians chapter 4, I want you to just see one other place. It's, it's it used, Paul's using it, he's, he's uh, rebuking these uh, Galatian uh, people who some of them said they were saved, but they were seemingly going back and going back and following old ways. And he says in Galatians 4, 8, he says, um, let's go back up to verse 7 of, of Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. This is talking to Christians. But a son, you're now a child of God. You're not enslaved to your old ways. You don't let your lusts and your flesh and your yearnings and your passions drive you. You're not enslaved to the old ways. You're not enslaved to sin. Uh, you're a son. You're a child of God and you're an heir through God. However, at that time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. This is the way we used to live. We were enslaved to those things that are not God's. But now you have come to know God. Please notice the next phrase. Or rather, to be known by God. For me to know God is that He has known me. And as He has known me and given the blessed Holy Spirit to us who are saved, He has done this glorious work of encouraging us. So now we come back to Psalm 139. There are lots of ways to read this psalm. There is the element of the fear of God in this. And it is true for every person tonight. God knows all about you. God knows us in our sinful ways. And He knows us from before we were born. No matter where we run, you cannot get away from God. I'm not going to speak to you that way. I'm speaking to you believers tonight to embrace Psalm 139 around the fact that you are a child of God. And what a rich, wonderful encouragement it is. So I've given you five statements and broken Psalm 139 into five parts. Number one, you know me, O God. This is what David is saying in this prayer. He's speaking to the God who already knows him. But he says to the God who knows him some things that are wonderful for him. You know me, O God. Secondly, you are with me, O God. Third, you made me, O God. Fourth, you listen to me, O God. Five, search me, O God. He begins with these words, O Lord, you have searched me. You have searched me and known me. And then he ends the psalm, verse 23, search me and know me. That's what we do when we know God. We know him and we desire for him to search us. And we desire for Him to test us and to look at us and see if we are. It's like the child who's obedient coming to their parent, telling their parent what they've sought to do so that their parent would be pleased with them. This is the way we live as God's children. So let's look at this line of statements here, verses 1 through 6. And then we're going to pause and praise God. We're going to worship as we read the psalm. 
First, he says, you have searched me. The Hebrew word here is to, ex- to examine carefully. You have examined carefully me. This is what he's saying to God. And I assure you tonight that as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have made the good confession. You've said that you've trusted the Lord. The Lord has carefully examined what you say with what you do. And if we don't do what we say, we're liars and hypocrites. Our, our words must match what we do. You have examined me carefully. You have examined me carefully. So what did we learn in uh, the book of Hebrews as we've looked at it multiple times? Uh, perhaps, oh, you know, how do you rate the, the Word of God? But you have these wonderful words about the Word of God itself. The Word of God is sharper. I'm reading from Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. Look, when you read the Bible, when you read God's Word, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and shows you what's in your mind. And shows you your motivations. It judges your thoughts. That's how, that's how important it is for you to use the Word of God in your personal life spiritually. You use it because when you use the Word of God, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and searches you carefully. I don't have a lot of time to judge other people because I'm dealing with the Holy Spirit in my own life. You have searched me. That's the first. You have known me. This is, this is that word that means to be acquainted with me. God is acquainted with you. He knows who you are. And we've talked about this as a church. You know, one of the wonderful things that happens is when the Lord Jesus ascended, he also sent the Holy Spirit and he gave gifts to men. He's given all of you who are believers spiritual gifts. He expects you to use them. He doesn't give us all the same spiritual gifts. He gives them to us for his purposes in order for the gospel to be advanced. You've been given spiritual gifts because God knows you as a saved man or woman. He is, he knows you. Don't use the word he's acquainted with you. It's just like the father again or mother who gives certain children, asks certain children to do certain things because they're more natural to do it than others. A parent is acquainted with the uniquenesses of their children. God is aware of your uniquenesses as a child of God. Nobody's left out. Everybody is known by God who are His. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand. Here's another word. This is an interesting word. It's a word that means to discern. You discern my thought from afar off. You know, you probably don't think anybody else can read your mind, but God can. He sees what's in your mind tonight. He knows what you're, while I'm up here talking, he knows what you're thinking about. He knows from afar off. He knows what's in our thoughts. Bring every thought captive 
to the obedience of Christ is what Paul said. Do you do that? As a follower of Jesus, do you practice the discipline of controlling your thoughts? No, I just kind of let them run everywhere. The Holy Spirit gives us self-control. Control your thoughts. The Lord knows what you're thinking. He goes on. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. Another very interesting word. It's a word that means to winnow. You know, it was the word to use. They used to separate the wheat and the chaff. You winnow it. You separate it out. Look at this. He separates my path and my lying down. God sees the uniquenesses of your lifestyle, the way you live. He winnows. He he. He uh, scrutinizes. That's a good English word. He scrutinizes. This is the interest he has in you as a child of God. You're known by God. And he examines you carefully. He's acquainted, deeply acquainted with you. Perfectly acquainted with you. He discerns, he discerns you and he scrutinizes you. Not to judge you, but to bless you and love you. And he goes on to say, and he is intimately acquainted with all my ways. There's nowhere you can go. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing in your lifestyle that's, that God is not aware of. Even before there is a word on my tongue, verse 4, Behold, O Lord, you know it all. God knows everything we will say before we say it. God knows everything we will say before we say it or text it. Or Instagram it, or whatever you do with it. He knows before what we will say and what we will do. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. This is a perfect refuge. This is a hiding place. This is a word that, that was used to describe, it. You're in, you've enclosed me. This uh, Hebrew word is a word that describes an army surrounding a city. You have surrounded me and covered me with your hand. It's a beautiful picture of the complete protection of God. <laughs> Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I'm up here as the designated preacher tonight. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Just go home and think about what I've just said to you. This is enough for tonight, but we're going to go on, but this is enough. You know me, oh God. You know me. This is too, this is, this is too wonderful for me. To, to be known by God. When I don't deserve anything from God, but judgment. But to be known and loved and accepted by God, it is too high, I cannot attain it. For all of your life, this is a point of meditation for you. When you think nobody cares, God cares about you. He knows who you are. Before you knew Him, He knew you. 
Before you were saved, He knew you, but I want you to come, my Christian friend, to this side. He knows you now as His child. If you are a child of God, you will never be neglected. You will never be ignored. You will never be forsaken. You are now permanently a child of God. Praise God. I'm about to get worked up. So I pause now and we pray. We pray now and thank God for the deep knowledge He has of us. Let's just do it. Heavenly Father, this is too much for us. We're so rattled by the world and so distracted, we can't even come to terms with this. We can't even get our minds around this. We're so distracted. Our minds are so earthly minded, we cannot even understand this. Forgive us of our dullness. But now we rise and say thank you for saving us in Jesus Christ and knowing us as a child of God in Christ. Just as you know our Lord Jesus Christ, the Beloved, we are accepted in Him and you know us. In Jesus' name, Amen. You are with me, O God. Lots of people in the world say, I'm all alone, I'm lonely. A lot of young people say, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm all by myself. I'm in a crowd, but I'm all by myself. When you're saved and when you know God and when God knows you, you're never alone. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in, in, uh, in, uh, in death, behold, you're there. If I take wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, please notice verse 10. Again, it's back to his hand, the hand of God. The God who knows us gives us his hand. Even there, your hand will lead me. Where? Wherever I am. Wherever I am, God will lead me. This is one of the primary lessons of learning. As many as are led by the Spirit, those are children of God. If you're not led by the Holy... You better listen. If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. Whatever you are. This is an essential truth for us. Oh, to be known by God is to be led by God. All of my life. Not just when I start out, when I become a Christian. Not when I'm an old fellow trying to figure it out. All of my Christian life, I am led by God. Do you know how to follow Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit? Do you know how to follow God? When Jesus came to this world, what did he say to all those disciples? Follow me. I'm going to ask you something tonight. Adults and students, who are you following tonight? Who are you following? You see, God knows us and he leads us. He says, your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. One hand is leading. Go that way. And one hand has hold of me. Come with me. Praise God. It doesn't get any better than this. If I say, surely the darkness will... Oh, what about the dark? Are you here and you're afraid of the dark? The world is full of darkness. 
The world is a dark place. If you take up the values of the world, you live in darkness. If I, surely, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. This is a statement of, what if I get afraid and I'm in the dark? Even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is not night. And the night is as, as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. He is with us in the day and in the night. He is with you, my friend, at all times. You know me, O God. You are with me, O God. When the Lord is about to ascend from, to heaven, and He stands before that, that group of disciples... And he says, as he's ascending and blessing them, I am with you always. He is with you always. He's with you on your sick bed. He is with you in your business. He is with you with your family. He is with you when you're all by yourself. He is with you through all the circumstances of life because you are a known one. And God knows where all of His children are. There's not one left out. There's not one ignored. There's not one forgotten. So we pause. And we praise God for His permanent presence by the Holy Spirit in us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much, Heavenly Father. That when the Lord Jesus died on the cross and rose again and ascended to heaven out of sight, the Holy Spirit came. And now, for all of us who are saved, He possesses us. The Holy Spirit of God possesses us. We are possessed by God. We are possessed by God. And we're never alone. Your permanent presence is with us until we one day leave this place and enter the eternal, glorious presence of God forever and the pleasures of being with God forever. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Third, you made me, O oh God. Lots of people worry about what they look like. They're always working on what they look like. Well, I got to fix my hair. Well, I got too many wrinkles. Well, I'm too tall. Well, I'm too short. Well, I'm too fat. Well, I'm too skinny. Well, my eyes are whatever they are. My nose is too long. My ears are too big. I'm told that your ears just get bigger and bigger the longer you live. So some of us are going to have big ears before we're dead. So here we are thinking about this. You had the privilege of your parents saying, yes, you could be born. Though for 49 years in America, millions upon millions of children were aborted. So we read, you formed me in the inner parts and wove me in my mother's womb. Of course we know the science of what happens when a baby is in the womb. But do not discount the mystery of what God is doing while the child is being formed in the womb. It happened to you. 
how can we how can we understand this? A body, and yet within our body we are also made a living soul. We have within us the spirit of uh, the the human spirit and the soul with all of our mind, will, and emotions and affections, and then we have our body. Only God could invent such a glorious thing. You formed me, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully. It doesn't say I'll give thanks to you if I'm pretty. I'll give thanks to you if I'm the most handsome. No, I will give thanks to you because I am born, and I'm born so that I might be used by God. Now, let's take this and take it to the New Testament. What does the Bible tell us about being saved? Well, many of you know these things, and we have in here some of you who teach. You know some of these things. Ephesians 2.10. For we, believers, are His workmanship, created in Christ. You are a work of God. For good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Someone's saying to me something this week, a, a fine believer, loves the Lord, gifted and y- useful to God, and they were talking about how they felt so inferior to other people. That is, for us to speak of ourselves who've been made by Christ and worked in His image and now are saved, regardless of our outer appearance, to say that we're of no value is sin against God and what He's doing in our life. He didn't make you like somebody else. He made you to be who you are in Christ. It's my old saying from my grandmother. Be who you is. I've quoted this. I've said this for 10 years here. Be who you is. Because if you be who you ain't, then you ain't who you is. And now you are a new person in Christ. So be who you is. Not who you was. And that's bad English. That's poor grammar. Students, but that's the best way to say it. Look at this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. I was seen by God. He knows the day I'd be born. Mine was October 9th. He knows the day I will die. He knows your death day too. And your death day is as important as your birthday. In fact, more important. Because at death, we either go to be with the Lord and heaven is our home, or we're separated from God forever. You gave me a birthday and you gave me a death day. And they both mean so much. One of our dear sisters who's been in our church and walked these halls just like all of us has now gone to be with the Lord. She went to be with the Lord today. We'll do her funeral next week. The days were ordained for her and they were written in the book. You can't erase and change the days God's put in the book for you. They're permanent. So use the days God gives you for the glory of God. And then he says, read your Bible, here it is. When as yet there was not one of them, I got a birthday and a death day before I ever had a day. Now, let's thank God that he made us. Heavenly Father.
You saw our unformed substance. You wove us together in our mother's wombs with the uniqueness of every person in this room, our own unique fingerprint, our own uniqueness of our hair, all of the features of our body, whatever we think about them. And you made us a living soul. You made us with a spirit that we can worship you in spirit and that we can be we can come to life in Jesus Christ and be saved and live for you and have desires for God. Thank you. Thank you for making us in our mother's womb and thank you for making us new creatures in Christ, those of us who are saved. In Jesus' name, amen. You listen to me, O God. Now there is this... By the way, he says in 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me. God who knows you thinks about you. Are you listening? Look, God thinks about you. This is the glory of being a child of God. This is why your pastor here has been talking for weeks and weeks about our high priest. There is one whose heart is set on you in heaven tonight. He who knows us, he who knows us, thinks about us. Somebody says to me, well, you know, I just there's nobody that cares about me. Yes, there is one who cares about you. You're never alone. He is there. Speak to him. Go to him. Speak to your high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sympathizes with you. He knows exactly how it feels to be human. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. All of God's thoughts to us and about us and for us. And what He has purposed, listen, He has purposed, He has purposed so many things for us in Christ. If I should count them all, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. But then He says, Oh, Because there's righteous hatred here. I'm not saying sinful hatred. Because of this holy man's walk with God, he despises those who hate God. These are hard words to read, but they're important for us to see. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, depart from me. Therefore, men of bloodshed, he doesn't want those who are wicked around him. They speak against you wickedly. And the world is filled with those who hate God. And your enemies take your name in vain. I, I, do I not hate those who hate you? In other words, he's, he's expressing what God sees inside of him. And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. You can talk to God about how you feel. You know, sometimes if you go to visit someone and you're with their family for a while, you notice how the the children speak with their parents and sometimes you're shocked and you think, boy, they shouldn't do that. But you see, those children have a freedom that they feel they can speak to their parents. I'm not talking about disrespect. I'm just saying sometimes it might be loud. Our family's a loud family and I came from a loud family. Everybody talks at the same time. Nobody knows what each other's saying, but everybody talks at the same time. And they're all talking and they're all talking to the parents. All my whining sisters and everybody crying to my mom and dad when back, back at home. 
I was a little boy. But they listened. They'd listen to Karen, if you're listening tonight. Marcy and Michelle, the two twins, they always got everything because they were the youngest and the spoiled ones. Hope you're listening tonight. And Brenda. And then, of course, there was me. There you go, Mike. You can have the last spoon of beans. There you go. Don't ask for any more because we don't have any. (laughs) That's all right. I'm not bitter about it, you can tell. My point was we'd have all this talking going on and somehow... God bless my two parents, they could sort it out and they could hear, they would hear what all of them were saying. And they tried to listen. I'm so thankful God listens to us when we pray. It's the psalm I gave you a few weeks ago when I was giving you my testimony about, you know, how I was coming back dealing with Things in my life, Psalm 77, my voice rises to God and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God and He will hear me. That's confidence. Look, if you'll pray, I promise you, God will listen to you. Tell Him what you need to tell Him. Tell Him how you feel. Tell Him what's on your heart. Tell him your desires. Tell him what you need. Speak to him in the name of Jesus. So we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you answer us according to your will. You know when it's yes or no. We always want it to be yes, but sometimes it's no. But you hear us and you answer us. Thank you for that. Thank you for the blessing of listening to us. When we feel emotional, angry, frustrated, joyous, whatever our emotions, praise God you hear us. You don't turn us away. You let us speak from our heart. Praise the Lord. You know us. In Jesus' name. Search me, O God. Maybe this needs to be your prayer when you go home tonight. Now he's talked about the wicked, but now he comes back to himself, doesn't he? A lot of Christians get sidetracked on what's going on in the world, but I got a matter, me. I got an issue, me. I'm looking in the mirror saying, search me, O God. This is what a man of God or a woman of God does. This is how you pray. Are you you willing to ask God tonight to search you? It's the same word I started with. Here's what you're saying. Examine me carefully. Examine what I'm saying. Examine what I'm thinking. Examine what I am desiring. Examine what I'm choosing. Examine what I'm feeling. Examine where I'm going. Examine me. Well, the believer who's right with God is bold enough to ask this, Search me, O God, to know my heart. Your heart and my heart is deceitful. We will trick ourselves. Oh, I'm good. When we're not good. 
We need God and his word. And by the way, this is the joy of the word of God. Why do I come to the word of God? Why do we read God's word? Why do we preach God's word? Why do we teach it? Because this is what reveals to us like a mirror what's really inside of us. Students, the sooner you learn how to read your Bible, the better off you'll be. It's like a mirror. It will say to you, this is what you really are. You're either right with God or you're not. And it'll lead you and show you how to follow Jesus. Test me. Wait a minute. You willing to say that to God? Search me. Know me. Test me. So God says to Abraham, take your son, the one you love, Go sacrifice him. That's right. The one you've waited for for a hundred years. Go. Go sacrifice him. Job, have you considered devil? Have you considered Job? Nobody like him in the world. God knew Job. And God knew Job was up for the test. You say, why is God putting me through this? Because he knows you're up for it. Accept it. Embrace it. Take it. What have we read over and over in Hebrews? If we're children of God, we will be disciplined by God. Test me. And look at this. Know my anxious thoughts. Anybody in here got any anxiety? Anybody in here got any worries? It's the condition we have, isn't it? Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It's the same word up here in know. Be acquainted with my anxious thoughts. Lord, here they are. Here Here are my worries. Here are my fears. Here's my anxiety. And then he says, and see if there be any hurtful way in me. Is there a hurtful way in your life tonight? And how does he end? Lead me all the way to heaven. Lead me in the everlasting way. When you follow Jesus, you'll make it to heaven. When you follow Jesus, you'll make it to heaven. That's the only sure path out of this mess of the world. You know me, O God. You are with me, O God. You made me, O God. You listen to me, O God. Search me. So now we pray. Heavenly Father, search us right now. May the Holy Spirit of God carefully go through and examine us, separating out the thoughts and intentions of our heart, our motivations. Reveal to us the things that we must confess to you that are sins, the anxiousness in us, and then... Oh, Holy Spirit of God, lead us to follow Jesus. And may this church be led to follow Jesus in all of our ways. We thank you for the time we've had in your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.